Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Ultra Hope Girls at Rumpa podcast. This episode, we were intending on being one episode, and then, well, you guessed it, we had to make it two because we just had too much to talk about. Um, so we will be spoiling the three in the second half of this episode and not next episode. And uh, yeah, so get excited. It's going to be fun. Yay, Danganronpa. We love it so much. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Danganronpa Podcast. <laughs> You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Um, next person I met was Maki. Maki is the ultimate child caregiver, which is the most random and, and sad talent I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Like, this she like... was, in, she grew up in an orphanage and she was probably the oldest kid there. And Right. And it just Poor got girl. thrust upon her. Yeah. I feel like it implies that she's going to take on like a parent role in this game. Right. Which doesn't feel like that's gonna happen based on like her personality from what we've seen in just you know the first five seconds with her so I almost feel like because it doesn't feel like there's going to be a parental figure maybe this game will be a little bit more chaotic like there won't be Hmm. that rock potentially uh, unless unless maybe someone else steps up or unless Maki steps up you know right we have counter out infinite options right now and this raises the question are people born child caregivers or do they have child caregiving thrust upon them? <laughs> I think that's the most important question right. we've ever tackled here. I agree. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah. I realized I forgot to take notes on Maki um, for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> just another, I, I think just another example of like, a character who doesn't seem to fit their talent and a talent that doesn't seem like all that much of an ultimate talent but I don't know we'll see next was Ryoma for me um I mean love love a short king love 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 (laughs) I heart Ryoma I heart Ryoma I heart Chris Torgliaferra Chris yes Oh my gosh, we got the ultimate tennis pro. Mm-hmm. Which He's is also a... so random. It really yeah, is. Who literally killed someone by whacking a tennis ball towards them with a racket. <laughs> <laughs> and so then did the government say, you are so good at tennis, you can murder with tennis. You are the best tennis that has ever tennis. <laughs> you are the best tennis. <laughs> you tennis. equal tennis. <laughs> no, like... Oh, but I but he has so much like baggage and he's mm-hmm. he's so little. How does he carry all this on his tiny little shoulders? Probably a tennis bag. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Maybe while wearing some tennis shoes or it's just a guess. <laughs> it's Samugi vibes, just like their little interactions here where he says, like, I don't know you a, con- a conversation either. You know, like, I mean, he doesn't right. say that, but he kind of implies it. Like, he's like, it seems a little bit like I'm not going to trust anyone at this point. And I, yeah. yeah, 
And also that characteristic of like, oh, I don't owe you a conversation. I don't have to talk to you. That's very mature. Like, I feel like a lot of kids are like, and high school students are very eager, very people pleasing. I think something that shows maturity is setting those boundaries, you know, and being like, hey, I'm, I don't want to talk right now, or I'm not in the mood or whatever. Um, So it is kind of interesting. And he's been to prison. So perhaps that was um, a character builder for him. I wonder if he and Mondo hung out. Maybe. Um, True friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do, let, why don't we circle back to Keebs and Kokich? Yeah, yeah. I have so many um, nicknames for the characters in this I game. Know. <laughs> All the listeners are going to get so sick of me. Um, oh. I thought it was very interesting that Kibo, his name means hope, first of all. And I thought that he gave, like, very strong, like, robot Makoto vibes. Yeah. I mean, you know, he could be Makoto, but also Kibo, he reminds me so much of another person that we know and love whose name is Maddie Sarlow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I said, is that Maddie? (laughs) Like, the way he's, like, he, I don't know, he's just very direct, and he's, like, He's like, don't bully me. That's robophobic, which is classic. I can't, I can't. I love it. <laughs> and Maddie would call out robophobia if she saw it in the streets, bro. If I was the robot. Yeah, if you were a robot, you would you would call out that. Kibo looks like Keitaro Mira from 13 Sentinels. I don't know, Caroline, oh, if you yeah. like in that first outfit with like the like hat. I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, is this the same person? Yeah. Oh, wow. Shout out to uh, people in our Discord who told me to go play that game. Yeah. Wow. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, Kokichi, who, when I, Marin and I played this, is she, are you just talking about this? You no. <laughs> when Marin and I played this the first time, we were trying to guess what people's ultimate talents were when we met them. And the one we guessed for Kokichi was <laughs> ultimate race car driver. <laughs> I mean, he is wearing the like checkerboard. I know. Like, I mean, it, it makes thing. sense. <laughs> I really love Kokichi. I think he's such an interesting character. And it's kind of funny because at the same time, um, I really liked this guy. Um, and Caroline actually came and visited me and was able to meet the guy. And he walked in and he was wearing a checkered scarf <laughs> in like the exact same way. And she was like, buddy. <laughs> like, hey, yes, pal. it's true. Um, it's interesting. It's- it's because the Ultra Hope girls, we each have a crush on the antagonists of these games. Um, Marin's is Kokichi, Maddie's is Nagito, and mine is Byakuya. So that if that wasn't clear, that was why Marin, Marin had told me, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, Kokichi a little bit, but not, like, in, you know, a bad way. And I was, and then he walked in wearing a checkered scarf, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I'm seeing a connection here. But yes, he is a little, he's a little villain and he knows, he knows he's, he's a little, little, he's scheming. (laughs) He's a little scheming, little schemer. He even admits to like 
lying all the time I'm pretty sure he says that at some point he's like Mm -hmm. yeah like I like just I'm a liar (laughs) I'm like yeah and I feel like we even see that later like when all the monobies come out or not monobies lol that's game two (laughs) came out um when they come out he says something and I can't remember what it is but it implies that he's like really scared or worried or something and then someone's like no it'll be okay and he's like okay like it doesn't even <laughs> care like he's so chaotic oh I know my yeah I feel like I oh think he's just like he's just like dicking around with everybody whenever he can <laughs> absolutely and he's kind of iconic I at first was like I thought he was like really obnoxious but then he immediately started to grow on me very quickly um I was just like this guy is like absolute chaos but he's just kind of a funny little guy yeah next i met Korekio shinguchi who said covid safety in 2017 yes period (laughs) period yeah that's it i mean like we already kind of talked about him before he rides him nagito a little bit just he's i do i love Korekio. i like him a lot too i again the aesthetic i love his aesthetic the character design oh, immaculate, immaculate. Um, very cool talent as well and yes. i think that that will I, i'm hoping that that will like come into play in an interesting way and just maybe we'll learn a thing or two from him about anthropology part of me wishes that when we had started this podcast that i had been the ultimate anthropologist instead of the ultimate literary girl because i think that that encompasses all of my interests so much better because i am Mm -hmm. yes i love to read and write like i am a nerd but i also love like learning about different cultures and people and like but yeah next up we go outside and there is a cage there's a cage. There's a cage. It reminds there's... me of the Simpson movie. Have you guys ever watched that? I've never seen it. I actually just never started watching it. the Simpsons for the first time in my whole life, yeah. like recently. Um, nice. Yeah. I have never seen the show or maybe like seen an episode or two, but I did see the movie. And unless this is a fever dream that I've made up, the theme of the movie is that there is like a glass dome covering a city um and it's like, oh, it's like Stephen know, King. trying to get out basically um yeah. but that kind of reminded me of it interesting like, yeah well it made me think of the Stephen King under the dome stuff and the gone series where they're also under a dome yeah which mm-hmm. came out like that first book in that series came out like six months before Stephen King's under the dome came out which made me think that like okay this is a total tangent but it's kind of funny the the gone series the first book came out and stephen king has a testimonial written on it that says like utterly and like riveting stephen king like on the the cover of the book and then six months later he wrote under the dome which always makes me think that like i like joke about like oh i guess he plagiarized it or stole the idea but in reality he probably didn't because under the dome is like this thick he probably spent years writing that book so <laughs> yeah that's funny though yeah. that he probably read it and was like this is similar to my book so i should say it's, <laughs> it's like, great mm. <laughs> uh, i wonder why there's barbed wire on the windows that was yeah, my first thought. i know that's true because and like 
okay, there's a city out there. There's a skyline. Can people yeah. do what is what? You know what I mean? Like what, how is yeah. this happening kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not I, even like the oh. barbed wire got removed. Like, you know how in game two, it was like, you have the mono beast standing at every door and then someone dies, you get a new door open uh, or a new bridge open to a new island. Um, I yeah. almost thought it was going to be like that where it's like, okay, there's barbed wire on the windows. Look at that. Monokuma gave you some giant scissors. I don't know how you get barbed wire down. Um, and now you can like get out of the school at some point, but it literally, we're not, we've finished the prologue and we're able to get out. Right. It makes me like, why? So the building, which we haven't touched on, like the location of this game is very interesting. It almost feels like an abandoned building that's being renovated or used and so there's a scenario where maybe the barbed wire was already on the windows before like they decided to renovate this building maybe I don't know maybe they had to establish this school in a rush or something and so because of that they weren't able to finish up construction before the this started like you know there's just a lot of questions yeah, yeah, I also got the vibe that it was A, rushed, and B, like, this old abandoned building that they're, like, repurposing for the killing game. Right. Um, so, yeah. which is, yeah, the, the city skyline in the distance is definitely odd because, you know, how would no one notice that this, how would no one at all notice that this was going on? Like, are there ever helicopters or planes that fly, or, like, anything maybe it's just really that far away it just looks closer I don't know but there's a lot of unanswered questions monocubs are like uh no one can hear you but right that's very specific they say no one can hear you not yeah. no one can see you so there is right. a chance that there's people worried or going over head on helicopters or standing right outside this glass dome like trying to get in but they just they can't be. like we don't yeah. know to right. what extent that's yeah. true. So, Kaito? Kaito, Kaito! Momota! Little cutie. Luminary of the stars. I love him. That's all. <laughs> I feel yeah. positive. Yeah, I feel positively toward him too. And he has this quote I really like where he said, sometimes you got to be a little reckless to make your dreams a reality. And I really, I mean, that's, it's so good. I I really like, it, seeing him again was like welcoming an old friend. Like, I, I was like, oh, I missed you, Kaito. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I saw Gonta. Gonta was a yeah. little bit much for me. <laughs> Gonta, Gonta was a little. That's one way to put it. <laughs> that's so such a nice way to put it. <laughs> I um, was like, did I, they I really the... have a feral child in the Dark Horse <laughs> <Right>. series? There's <laughs> like, backstories that he was raised by wolves. Like, <laughs> it's just every game. I feel like every game they just up the ante. It just right, becomes like, even more chaotic. So ridiculous. And my only note, I have like the name of the character and with my notes underneath it. And my only note I put for Gonta is Lord, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> my only note for him is hmm. <laughs> that says it all <laughs> right i think that that gives the audience listening a feel for our thoughts on gonta in general gonta yeah. is self-explanatory right truly like oh there's gosh. nothing much to be said about yeah, him it's true I, like. I do think it's interesting we find out with him that there are no bugs 
anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't to me feel possible with all of those plants around. Right. Like this is a very lush area. Right. Which makes me wonder if that glass dome was placed recently. Uh, or I don't know, or maybe I guess it had to be placed long enough ago that the bugs would die, but the plants wouldn't. Right. Yeah, you're right. right. Because how are the plants still living without the ecosystem yeah. of boogs? Although they do have technology in this game to take away memories and give memories. So maybe they figured out. Maybe they just decided plants don't need bugs in Danganronpa. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That that is weird, though. It's definitely a strange detail that feels like it's going to be very significant because it's so weird they really i know they really like that that's why dog Rumpa is like for like some weird little details like that come back you know i'm like yeah. i know this is gonna mean this something. feels like yeah I, fe- I was like this feels like something that is gonna come back yeah. to me anyway next one i met was kirumi my love love her again with the amazing character design like i just love the aesthetics mm-hmm. of these characters like she's just really cool I like her oh, outfit so and her cool. gloves and her the way her hair covers the one eye all dramatically. Oh my god. Like <laughs> yeah. she's cool. Um and so we'll cut that. <laughs> Listeners, we'll let you guess what we cut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Emily do that all the time where we'll go off on like a, a tangent about something we cannot <laughs> make put on the, in the podcast. And then and then we'll be like, we just cut a bunch of stuff. You guys have fun guessing what we cut. <laughs> that is amazing. Speaking of listeners, if you like Nancy Drew, Caroline is a part of a second podcast that mm. is fantastic and all about it. And it's called It's Locked. And you should go check it out. Thanks for you the plug. It's a really good podcast. Shameless plug. Speaking shameless of someone plug. who's really good at shameless plugs, last person we need to meet is Angie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she does. Who, she plugs her her religion her religion yeah but it's um I gotta say I think I'm changing my mind about Angie she kind of bothered me in the first play of this game but thinking about you know we meet her now and I also obviously I know where her character goes I think I like her as a player in this cast of characters you know what I mean I think she really plays a unique role which we'll find out more about later obviously yeah but yeah, that's that's all. I was just thinking about her and I'm like, I think like we take her for granted. I think she she gives a lot. I agree. And I don't want to say anything else because I think it would teeter on a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think when we played it through the first time, I don't know, I maybe it's just me. I don't know if Caroline, you felt the same way, but I felt very ready to like judge a lot of the characters. And I feel like I almost judged them so harshly that now kind of going back and being like, you know, there's the nostalgia of the game and like just loving the games for what they are and having that little space from it. And then coming back, I just appreciate all of them so much more. Yeah. Where I feel like the second time through V3, I'm I have a feeling going to love a lot of the characters even more than, you know, we yeah, did the first, the first time. Yeah. Truth, man. Yeah. I honestly kind of in a similar boat. I really didn't like Angie the first run through around, but playing this again, I, I don't really mind her. What, what bothers me, I think most of all 
is the fact that like I think that Angie's character depiction is like a little bit racist yeah like I just she is you know right off the bat like she's the darker skinned character so she's like kind of standing out from the other characters in that way and then she like everyone kind of like or at least Kaede at first like Caesar's like a little like weird because she's like oh I guess she's just like really devout but she's like always talking about Atua and then asking for like blood sacrifices which is like right it not actually a a thing I I I mean I don't know much about but I do know that um I'll take I don't know about like blood sacrifices I don't know anything about like what religions those are actually a, a thing in but not a lot in modern times and I feel like a lot of like religions that are non-western are painted in a really like painted in a light that are like oh it's barbaric oh they want blood sacrifices over when it's like really not the case and Atua is an actual like Polynesian deity like it's you know it's not something that like the Danganronpa the Danganronpa creators made up for Angie Um, it's a reference to a real religion and so I was I don't love the way Angie is depicted as like kind of making fun of that religion and those who believe in that that bothered me a bit yeah I did have a note to talk about this actually um with with that because I think that a lot of Polynesian cultures get sort of painted over with that sort of like like you said like what you know our study of religion especially in the United States which is what we can speak to has been very westernized and I think that a lot of these like faiths that have been around a lot longer than you know some of the Abrahamic religions or I guess just equally as long but just in a different part of the world are you know they're valid and and they're it's just because they're new doesn't necessarily mean they're scary or weird or whatever it's just like yeah and I think that there, it would be really interesting to look at Danganronpa and race and also Japanese media and race because every person of color in the series is some kind of stereotype. I mean, it's just it's just how it is. And, you know, we're not Japanese. And so we're looking at this with Western eyes. And so I, you know, and I know that Japanese people, you know, they view, they're not very great about the way they depict other races in their media. Um, and that's not an excuse. That doesn't make it okay that they do those things. And I'm curious to learn more about why that is. And that's something I, I, I do want to learn more about. I think a lot of Western media isn't great about it either. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I absolutely. Think we are progressing. I think we're we're getting better. People are becoming more aware. Right. I, I think what I meant by that is like, okay, looking at like V3 was made in 2017. At this point in American media, we were a lot further with representation than they currently are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's more what I'm saying. I'm That gotcha. is not to say we do not, we have so much room to grow. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> capital S, so much room um, to grow. But yeah, I guess what I'm saying, just, just looking at, you know, that I, I think it is kind of jarring, like, especially for me to go back to this game after being in the world of voice acting, where there's been a lot of push for diversity and new cartoons and all this stuff. And then going back to this game where it's like, oh man, like, yikes, you know, like, yikes. It's, you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. No, and, and yeah, there are a lot of other animes out there that don't do a good job with that. So, 
Yeah. And this might be something that we can definitely explore. And I'm, I'm curious to learn more and maybe hear from some of our listeners. If you have thoughts you want to share with us, you can contact us on our website at ultrahopegirls.com or on our Twitter ultra underscore podcast. If you want to share your thoughts and your opinions on this, because we do want to speak about this issue. And if you are a voice of color, we want to elevate your voice as well. So um, please share your thoughts with us. That would be so appreciated. And we love you. I love you guys. Um, all right. Why don't we wrap this up? We're so close. <laughs> That's my, I don't have any more non-spoiler notes. Okay. Um, I don't either. My last, I just wrapping this up is father. You know, think of Marin. And then also this is the first time Monokuma is in the opening credits. Interesting. Oh. And the Monaco's huh. too. So I just thought that was, I was like, wow. Okay. Like, whoa. Like I don't, it could be just cause this is like, you know, it's like the, probably the last game and they were, you know, they were like, okay, I guess, um, Shirakuma and the other one were in Ultra Despair Girls, but I guess this, the main series, this is, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be spoiling V3. You guys, you've been warned. We'll warn you again at the back of the break. Um, but if you aren't already, please follow us on Twitter at ultra underscore podcast. We are on there to chat so make sure you leave us a little comment and we'll be like hey hey what's going on and if you like what you're listening to to today please leave a five-star review we would so appreciate it it really helps the podcast out a lot and gives us a little boost and share with a friend share with a friend and if you're able to give financially we do have a patreon the lowest tier is just two dollars a month and you get access to a bunch of cool bonus content and a lot of other things so the link to that will be in the episode description and we'll be right back with spoilers after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back from the break. We are going to be spoiling V3. You've been warned. Three, two, one. Guys, it's all fake. None of it's real. Okay. None of it's real. Uh- <laughs> also, if I can say my biggest spoiler note for the prologue, I really don't have that much, but my biggest thing is just how they really are playing us here because oh my in God. hindsight, only in hindsight, but in hindsight, it's like so obvious that this is a TV show. Like they literally have, like they reference like forgetting their lines or like following the script talking about like the backstories of everything literally when deadass kaede's internal monologue is like this can't be real it feels like fiction like a story oh see my on TV. god we were all just like huh and moved on <laughs> well actually not all of us caroline caroline predicted it caroline i did the ending I also want to add that Caroline not only predicted it from that line, she actually, when we were playing, I opened the game, like for the first time opened it (laughs) and we got to the title screen and she said, oh, it's a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline is, Caroline is psychic. I'm convinced if there's anyone in this world who is like actually genuinely psychic, it's Carolina Ruelo. 
I'm yeah. psychic. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I opened it and I was like, that building looks like a TV studio. And then I was playing this first chapter and was first of all, like Maddie said, it's like, they're slapping you in the face and the player is just like, yeah, but not me. I remember I called my friend who had already played it and basically was like, so here's what I think. I think that it's all a TV show and people are watching it. And, but it's like, none of it is real. Like this is, they're all fake characters. And he was like, he didn't say anything, but he's like, mm, why do you think that? <laughs> and then I gave him my reasons, you know, and, and anyway, but yeah, so that's, that's my, my bragging rights. Yes. That. Yes. Um, um, and the award for finishing the prologue is called, it like pops up in the little, the screen uh, It's called ultimate cold open. Oh my God. Good Lord. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I gotta say though, the the whole intro is so meta. Like it's yeah. it's like it, the, everything about this now in hindsight, it's like, oh my God. First of all, clearly the mono cubs have been around for a few seasons and they're probably like fan favorites which is why they have so much screen time you know what I mean like that's a whole thing I was thinking about and the whole team dong and rompa you know we think oh it's just you know the creators oh so cute they're leaving their little stamp on the game no no (laughs) no and um what was I gonna say like can I add on that with the monocubs yeah go ahead so the monocubs saying like they're fan favorites, that is so real. And that just made me think like when we're saying that we're like clicking through the text and we're like, okay, come on, come on, come on. It's such a different mentality. If you were to be like, oh, like I love Monotaru and just like imagining, you know, it's a Friday night, a new episode of Ropa just came out. You're watching your TV and Monotaru goes, and everyone on Twitter does like hashtag father, like hashtag Monotaro, like all this <laughs> stuff where it's like, like you could totally see how those characters and their like very them actions could create a fan base. Like, right. Totally, yes. you could see it. It's like we're being left out of the joke, which is the Mono Cubs, because we don't recognize it as that show. Like, it doesn't feel that way to us. Right. Right. right exactly. And, I had a note. Oh, oh gosh. It, it, that's why Monokuma and the Monocubs are in the opening sequence. They probably added them once they became serious regulars. <laughs> oh, well. um, I also wanted to mention that I did a Patreon episode a really long time ago called on the Jungian archetypes. And this is, if you're unfamiliar, there's 12 archetypes that Jung talks about. It's a strategy that people use with writing and with acting and with other things I'm sure to sort of find a footprint of a character and then build from it and most of the characters that I talked about and matched up with Jungian archetypes were v3 characters and I think part of why that is is because all these characters feel like such a blueprint of a character they don't feel as fully fleshed out and I think that might be why some of the talents are kind of weird and random because it's like you know they had to come up with like more talents for you know season 53 of mm-hmm. Danganronpa you know um yeah and so I I have always like in hindsight it's kind of brilliant that the characters are the way they are because it's all fake 
Yeah. And in that intro video, like with Monokuma and the Monokubs, where they show like all of the characters in like this cool little like slideshow almost like it reminds me a little bit of Bachelor in Paradise. If you've seen Yes, that show, it's like a TV where they intro the, with all the yeah. paradise. And they're like showing all the characters one by one with their names. And it's like, like it, you're right. It's just so obvious now. It's just we didn't I don't know if maybe we didn't want to see it you know or or right but that's a good point yeah I think it's just hindsight bias like literally you go back and you're like oh my god how did I not realize this but when you're in the moment playing it you don't you don't you don't know um but yeah and and I also think that it it makes me interpret the scene like the scene where Monokuma first appears and the banter between him and the Monokubs like it makes me see that scene a little differently (laughs) just like all I can see now is in that scene is Kadaka straight up just like dicking around as much as he could because he knew this was his final hurrah in Danganronpa and he he could like say whatever he want and do what wanted and do whatever he wanted because like whatever like if the ratings plummet for this game he's not gonna make another one so he's like just right in it and and also so one thing I made a note of like especially with the early half of the game is it or of the prologue is it's clear things are falling through the cracks, you know, like, like, oh, we're not sticking to the script. Oh, we're forgetting to give the memories out at the right time. You know, I think part one of this whole thing may have been a mistake or it was on purpose because maybe the production company was ready to be done with the show. It's run for 53 seasons. I don't know a show that's run that long. You know what I mean? And so just like, yeah, I, I, um, it's clear that maybe things were done on purpose is sort of like, I don't know, to bring the ultimate despair, or maybe it was an accident and things were just falling through the cracks as power shifted and new people were hired. I feel like it's more the latter uh, because uh, I'll go back to Bachelor in Paradise actually, because I guess that's going to be my general theme or even the Bachelor (laughs) in general. This is a Bachelor podcast now um, where every season they try and incorporate something new. And so it's like, hey, instead of 25 guys, we're bringing 26. Hey, instead of one bachelorette, we're going to have two bachelorettes and the guys vote on who they want to have. Hey, in this season, we're going to do 40 bachelor contestants. Like we're going to go overseas this time. We're going to stay in hometowns this time. Like they try every season to bring like the most dramatic season of the bachelorette ever is like the thing or whatever. And that's what this is to me is they're on season 53. They have added five more bears than the original <laughs> to try and spark <laughs> five something. more got... bears. 500 title, actually. Yeah. Bears. <laughs> I feel like they're so lost in the sauce of trying to make Danganronpa season 53 new and interesting that they've made it too complicated they've lost the original vibe and we'll discuss later right one and two are related to 53 but saying going along the path that it is related that's kind of the vibe that I get is that reach is is too complicated and that's where the chaos enters yeah um just some things also that are interesting i noticed throughout playing one is samugi and rentaro are the first people that we intuitively meet we don't have to meet them first but if we're just like walking through the school those are the first two people we meet 
particularly Samugi is the first one. I just think, you know. I want to talk about that Samugi interaction, yeah. actually, if that's okay. I have a note. Um, Samugi says her favorite Doraemon episode is episode 53. Um, so I did a little bit of research. Um, there is a Reddit user called Amami Rantaro. <laughs> they must be a Danganronpa fan. Um, <laughs> and they talk about how in the remake of Doraemon and the original and the manga, there is no entry about like security cameras or target practice or anything that Samugi brings up. Uh, that is not included in the episode. And so it's a little bit like she it's another layer of her just blatantly saying what's going on while we don't really recognize that that's what is going on. And then additionally, I looked up the Doraemon anime, episode 53 of it, the English sub. And so some of the translations that I'm going to bring up might not be exact translations from Japanese to English. Um, but the first part of the episode is about a clock that you can rewind and fast forward to skip parts of the day that you don't like or don't, you know, want to exist in which kind of reminds me of being able to skip free time events later i don't know if that's a reference to that or just nothing but the second part of the episode was wild i was freaking out i was like typing away getting my notes ready okay so the second part of the episode the main character um and his friends are talking to this guy named ahu and they say you're going to be on one of the most popular TV shows like Universe Superboy, like as a character. And the kid responds and he says, oh, it's nothing. It's just for the fun of it. I actually didn't want to be in it, but the CEO of the TV station insisted that I needed to be in it and I can't refuse him. Please ask him not to let me be in it. And then it kind of goes along later and the main character ends up saying the exact same thing again. And I just feel like that is Samugi explaining her situation, saying like, hey, I didn't want to be in this, but the CEO told me like I had to be in it. So like, please like find a way to get me out almost without her being able to actually say that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. like, I think that would be so interesting if Samugi didn't want to be a part of this game, but then had to be a part of the game. And ah, yeah. Okay all things interesting to yeah think about no it's true oh and also i had a note about a conversation we have with kaito in a totally different direction where he basically says like i like i gotta like you know he's like i gotta make it up to space like and there's like an urgency to it and now obviously in hindsight we know why and it's just like oh so good life is too short sometimes you gotta yeah. be a little reckless to make your dreams a reality um, but that's all I got. I just like, man, this first prologue is like, woo, man, it really slaps you in the face, slaps you in the face. I have a couple more small notes. One is similar to that, actually, uh, where Mew, knowing what we know about Mew's end, it is a little bit dark to me that all of Mew's inventions have to do with like productivity during sleep. And she ends up dying in a sleep like state. That was kind of a dark, mm. I feel like, twist to her yeah. character. yeah. That's true. Um, I, I also had the note of how has no one been the ultimate artist yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, true. <laughs> so true. 
Oh, one quick note I had is that the normal difficulty level, it's shown by a Route 22 sign. Um, and I think that's a reference to in Pokemon, there's a Route 22 where you start in Viridian City and then you lead to the Pokemon League is where it goes mm. to. So it's like a path to like Victory Road is what it's called. And I think that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but kind of cool. It's a nice little connection. Now I'm going to go bump to some spirit, praise, and beauty after this. Um, but that's it So for now, I think. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's all my notes. I mean, my notes is pretty much just pointing out all the ways that it was slapping us in the face the whole time. And we didn't even I know realize. We were, we're so silly for that, yeah. honestly. All right, everyone. We are heading into bed, wed, behead. Yeah. We're here. Wow. I've Cannot believe. This. Yeah. So for V3, just for you uh, audience listeners, just so you know, um, because of the mystery of this game and kind of the lack of answers that we get in terms of who the characters are and how old they are when we get into the game, we're going to be playing Bedwed Behead, assuming the characters are over the age of 18. All right. I think since this is the prologue, we should do all the protagonists. Makoto, Hajime, and Kaede. Yeah. Thoughts on that? I like that. Thoughts? I like, I like that. that. Let's do it. I personally would bed Hajime, wed Kaede, and behead Makoto. I think that Hajime is the most my type out of the three. Um, and then in terms of marriage, Makoto and Kaede have a very very similar personality to me, but I think I would be head Makoto and wed Kaede just because I think Kaede, I don't know, not, not to like take a dig at Makoto, but I think Kaede has a little more like drive to her and a little more like spunk. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. I think she'd be a supportive life partner. Not that Makoto wouldn't be, just I think I would vibe with her better. Um, yeah. I would oh no okay all right all right all right i thought about it for a second i would wed hajime what an icon and what is life no wait what is marriage what is is wedding wedding? um yeah i would wed hajime i would bed makoto and i would behead kaede yeah i just don't really like her (laughs) period that's all the explanation that I have for you at this time. <laughs> okay. Um, so I just want to say that I have gone through some character development since we have stopped filming. We, we uh, uh, kind of behind the scenes, we haven't filmed an episode since like March and we've been releasing episodes we had recorded previously. So a lot has happened in my life since March. It is now... November when we're recording this and um I think that oh my god this is a big way of saying that I would wed Makoto yes yes Caroline oh my god (laughs) embrace your destiny because here are the things that have happened in this time we finished the dr3 anime and I gotta say the end of that anime he is he really is um he's an adult he's a man (laughs) it's true (laughs) i'm just kidding um but 
yeah I just like I, the anime really changes my mind you know with him um I would I'm so happy for you Caroline Ugh, I'm not <laughs> well my options are quite bleak if I'm being honest so um I would bed Hajime and I would be head Kaede and I just I just want to say that I appreciate that I am I am the only lesbian here and I'm wedding and bedding the two male options <laughs> that should say something <laughs> Which, you know and then yeah I would bed Hajime and then I'd be head Kaede just because I don't I don't know I'm not I would befriend Kaede you know what I mean I'm not not really yeah I wouldn't want to wed her better yeah I can't believe I feel that way but that's my heart is telling me that right now that's like the most appropriate way to start off our v3 season our discord is gonna explode when this episode comes out for more ways reasons than one but this will be a big one I'm sure all right everybody that is a wrap on our prologue discussion for v3 thank you so much for tuning in we are so excited to be back like stoked y'all like woo! when we got on our call today we were like yes the energy is here we have arisen from our nap ready to roll so we are ready to bring you all the content and we're so excited and if you want more content from us, we have a Patreon. We are Ultra Hope Girls Podcast on there. If you want to check out some bonus episodes, we have a bunch of other cool perks too. So definitely check us out on there. And if you want to follow us, we're on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Well, we're Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. And that's that's it, guys. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>